Last week in our Bible study, we started looking at one of the most famous things from the book of Exodus, and that is the 10 plagues. Uh, that's going to lead up to some of the most famous chapters in this book, and some of the most well-known things to come from those 10 plagues. The reason for the plagues, remember, is that God sent those because Pharaoh would not listen. He, wouldn't, he wasn't treating the Israelites right, and he wouldn't let them go. He wouldn't give them any type of freedom. And because of that, what God was doing is he was sending these 10 plagues. And we're going to see specifically the reason for that in the text this morning. So we're going to be in Exodus chapter 9. We're going to see those. So I don't want to uh, get ahead of myself just yet. But we will see some of those reasons for exactly why God sent, sent these plagues, uh, when he did and how he did it, and, and the, the reasons behind all of this. But in chapter 7 of the book of Exodus, in the last video, we looked at how the first plague was the water, uh, it turned into blood. That was the first plague that was mentioned in Exodus 7. Also, at the end of Exodus 7, we saw the second plague, that of frogs, and that carried over into Exodus chapter 8. And also in Exodus chapter 8, we saw that the third plague, it was the plague of gnats, or it could have been some other small uh, insect that was a nuisance, like lice or gnats, ticks, flies, fleas, or mosquitoes, something along that line. Whatever the case, it caused quite a bit of a nuisance, and it was something that they, they couldn't help but uh, notice. The fourth plague was that of flies. And then finally, now in chapter 9 of the book of Exodus, we're going to see the fifth plague. This fifth plague is whenever diseases come. So let's take a look at Exodus chapter 9 now. Exodus chapter 9. Verses 1 through 7. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and tell him, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has said. Release my people that they may serve me. For if you refuse to release them and continue holding them, then the hand of the Lord will surely bring a very terrible plague on your livestock, in the field, on the horses, on the donkeys, the camels, the herds, and the flocks. But the Lord will distinguish between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt, and nothing will die of all that the Israelites have. The Lord set an appointed time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord will do this in the land. And the Lord did this on the next day. All the livestock of the Egyptians died, but the Israelites' livestock, not one died. Pharaoh sent representatives to investigate, and indeed, not even one of the livestock of Israel had died. But Pharaoh's heart remained hard, and he did not release the people. Okay, so here in these first seven verses, we notice a few things about this. Let's notice here in verse 3 that we see that specifically part of the message that God is delivering to Pharaoh. And, and by the way, at this point, um, obviously we, we kind of get this God sending plagues. But I'm going to point out some of the reasons behind maybe the specific plagues or maybe some of the, the reasons behind the plagues that God points out uh, as we progress throughout them. So in verse 3, we see that one of the things, one of the reasons behind the plagues is that he says, the hand of the Lord will surely bring a terrible plague on your livestock. Okay, so it is the hand of the Lord. Now we've seen this several times and I, I find it kind of fascinating to, to read about how God has hands or fingers or different things. We've, we've already seen several uh, times in the book of Exodus where the hand of the Lord is mentioned, maybe his arm is mentioned, or how even the, uh, the Pharaoh's magicians or the, the wise men there, they say that um, eventually whenever they couldn't do the plagues and they couldn't replicate them, they said, this is the finger of God. 
So we see that God's hand is working in all this. God is involved. It is the Lord. There's no doubt about it. Uh, maybe I've said this a few too many times, but I want us to get that. I want us to understand it is the Lord who's doing these things. Make no mistake about that. We also find out in verse 4 that uh, while this isn't mentioned every single time, it is mentioned here that the Lord will distinguish between what belongs to Israel and what belongs to Egypt. Now, as I stated, not every single plague says that he's going to distinguish, but it does kind of, you know, go to show that at least most of the time, whenever it's going to be, whenever it's going to deal a, a big blow to Egypt, it's really only to Egypt. It's not to Israel. And we're going to see that as we continue to look uh, throughout this chapter and see some of these other plagues that come. God does make a distinction. He recognizes those people who are faithful, and he recognizes those people who are unfaithful. And we see that he does respond accordingly, especially in situations like this. This is one that there is no reason why the Israelites needed to be punished, but there was reason why Egypt needed to be punished. They were not treating people right. They were not treating this other nation, the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. They weren't treating them right. So whenever the plague did come, we see that it was a pretty big blow to the Egyptians. And we see Pharaoh's response. Verse 7, he actually sent people to investigate. He sent these representatives to investigate. And they found out that what the Lord said was exactly true. The Lord said that, that uh, my people, the Israelites, they're not going to be affected by this. They're not going to have any dead livestock. So Pharaoh was curious. After this happened, okay, it hit Egypt. and He recognized that. But did it actually affect the Israelites? He went, he looked at it, and he, he found out it didn't affect them. Not even one of them had died. And how did Pharaoh respond? Well, we see this phrase again, and I, I know that I've pointed this out a few times, but I think it's an important concept to, to grasp in, in all of this. We find out that Pharaoh's heart remained hard. He didn't release the people. He had a hard heart. And keep in mind, God himself said that he's going to be the one that hardens Pharaoh's heart. Uh, up to this point, I think every time that we've seen Pharaoh's heart being hard, it's always Pharaoh who's hardening his own heart, or it just says that his heart was hard. Like in this case, it just said Pharaoh's heart remained hard. It doesn't necessarily say that Pharaoh was the one that hardening his heart. It just says his heart remains hard. Uh, maybe this doesn't mean a whole lot to you, and that's okay, but I think it is important whenever we get into, did Pharaoh have a choice or not? I believe it's clear from the text that he most certainly did have a choice. He had a choice on how his heart was, just like you and me. We've got the decision. We've got the choice on how our heart is. We can, we can make our heart hard if that's what we want to do, but it won't fare well for us. It won't go well for us. But we can have a soft heart, we can have a repentant heart, and we can change our actions. We can change the way uh, that, that we've been living our life. But Pharaoh, he doesn't learn that lesson. He's not ready to learn anything yet. There still has to be more plagues. We're at the fifth plague. We're halfway through. Now let's read about the sixth plague. Verses 8 through 12, the sixth plague of the plague of boils. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take handfuls of soot from the furnace and have Moses throw it into the air while Pharaoh is watching. It will become fine dust over the whole land of Egypt and it will cause boils to break out and fester on both people and animals in all the land of Egypt. So they took soot from the furnace and stood before Pharaoh. Moses threw it into the air and it caused festering boils to break out on both people and animals. 
the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for boils were on the magicians and on all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not listen to them, just as the Lord had predicted to Moses. Okay, so here in these passages, let's let's take notice of a few things here. In by the way, I don't know what you think about whenever you, you think about this plague and about this miracle, because I mean, this would have been an interesting sight. And I kind of wonder, what did this actually look like? So you've got Moses who comes in and he takes this handful of soot from a furnace. Now, for starters, I mean, I don't know exactly how big that furnace was, but I mean, if he's taking handfuls of, of soot from it, I mean, how much soot can you actually have? But then he's supposed to throw it into the air. And whenever he throws it into the air, it becomes a fine dust over the whole land. I mean, how do you think that would have looked? I mean, obviously, whenever you like get some handfuls of dust outside, and by the way, I don't necessarily recommend this because you'd breathe in a lot of it. But, you know, if you get like handfuls of dust or, or soot or whatever, and then you just throw it up into the air. Yeah, it looks really cloudy at that area that you are. But then what's happening here with Moses is it's not just the the usual, you know, you throw up this dust, you throw up this soot, and then it just kind of settles eventually. That's what we expect to happen. But this fine dust, it goes over the whole land of Egypt. I mean, it would have been interesting to kind of see this, especially if you were off some distance maybe and saw this, this miracle starting to take place. And I, I wonder how the Egyptians themselves sort of witnessed this and were aware of these, these plagues uh, as they were happening. But one thing that we do notice we don't get too much insight into the Egyptians themselves, but we will see from time to time something about the Egyptians. But what we do notice is Pharaoh is watching. In fact, he has to be watching. In verse 8, that's part of what Moses is supposed to do. He's supposed to do this while Pharaoh is watching. Why is that important? It comes back to the reasons for the ten plagues. The reasons for the ten plagues is this is to get people's attention. It's for people to notice these things. God still has ways, even today, of getting people's attention. We've just got to be people who are willing to, when God does get our attention, that we do something about it. You know, that, that, we, that we change our ways and that we, uh, that we follow God. Uh, because that's what God is, is trying to get us to do all along. That's what he's um, trying to show uh, right here with these plagues as well. In verse 11, we find out now the magicians... Um, it seems like they're not even trying to replicate this one. You know, they're, they're not trying to do it themselves. Uh, they couldn't even stand before Moses. So they, they've had enough. These boils, they're bad. It's, it's a bad thing for him. We also find out uh, for them, we also found out in verse 11 that it, it, these boils came on all the Egyptians. I mean, everybody was affected. It kind of makes me wonder, what about Pharaoh himself? You know, I mean, how hard was it? The magicians couldn't stand before Moses. But what about Pharaoh? I mean, obviously, Pharaoh still has conversations with Moses here. So how hard was it for Pharaoh to stand before Moses? You know, Pharaoh is supposed to be, according to the, the Egyptians. Now, this isn't true, but according to the, the Egyptians, Pharaoh is supposed to be like a god. You know, they worship him as if he's God. Uh, that, that's not what we should be doing at all. But, but they think of him like that. But, you know, at some point in all of these, these plagues, they've got to recognize this Pharaoh, this king of ours, this king that we worship as, as a god, he's being affected just like we are. You know, these things are impacting him. Obviously, at the very least, what that should state to them is that the God of the Hebrews is bigger than their own gods. 
than the God of the Egyptians. And he's bigger than Pharaoh, at the very least. And I think it even says more than just that. But at the very least, that's what it says. Now we find out here in verse 12, we see the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I, you know, you might go back and, and check this out um, and, and make sure this is so. But I think this is actually the first time in the text that we see that the Lord himself is the one that Pharaoh, that, that hardened Pharaoh's heart. So goes back to, did Pharaoh have a choice? Yes, I believe he most certainly did. But here we do see that, that the Lord, what he's doing is, he is hardening Pharaoh's heart. And he, he's doing all of this for a reason, because it has come this far with six plagues. There are still some more plagues that need to follow and that are going to follow. Let's see some of those other plagues. The next plague, the seventh one, the plague of hail. Verses 13 through 21 now. The Lord said to Moses, get up early in the morning, stand before Pharaoh and tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has said. Release my people so that they may serve me. For this time, I will send all my plagues on your very self and on your servants and on your people so that you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. For by now I could have stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with plague, and you would have been destroyed from the earth. But for this purpose, I have caused you to stand, to show you my strength, and so that my name may be declared in all the earth. You are still exalting yourself against my people by not releasing them. I am going to cause a very severe hail to rain down about this time tomorrow. Such hail as has never occurred in Egypt from the day it was founded until now. So now send instructions to gather your livestock and all your possessions in the fields to a safe place. Every person or animal caught in the field and not brought into the house, the hail will come down on them and they will die. Those of Pharaoh's servants who feared the Lord's message hurried to bring their servants and livestock into their houses. But those who did not take the Lord's message seriously left their servants and their cattle in the field. Okay, so now we notice a few things about this plague. I mean, this is, it's kind of amazing what we're starting to see, and, and we get a lot of reasons why God is doing what he's doing. So let's take a look at those, because I think this is so important to the study, because if we're just looking at the 10 plagues, and if we just see them as, well, you know, God is just, uh, he's just punishing them, and he's just beating up on the Egyptians, that's why he's sending the 10 plagues. It is so much more than that. And I believe that that's really kind of an, an oversimplification of it. We've got to realize there was reasons why God was doing what he was doing and why he was doing it when he was doing it too. So we see here in verse uh, 14, we get a little bit of the reasons as to why he's sending them. Why he's sending the plagues is so that you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. That's what God says at the end of verse 14. So one of the things behind the 10 plagues is so that Pharaoh and all of Egypt knows that there's no one like God anywhere. But there's also more than that. In verse 15, I'm going to read this again because I believe this is so important to, to especially take note of verses 14 through 16. So in verse 15, this is God speaking and he says, For by now I could have stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with the plague and you would have been destroyed from the earth. Obviously, God could have done that. And, and that would have been it. You know, that, that would have been the end of the story. But verse 16 tells us 
why the plagues are happening and why the exodus is going to happen too. Verse 16. But for this purpose, I have caused you to stand. Okay, what's the purpose? Why is he still allowed to stand? To show you my strength and so that my name may be declared in all the earth. And you know what? We see that that happens. If we, if we just fast forward a little bit, we're not going to actually turn there. But if we do fast forward into the story, and if you remember, whenever they start going into uh, the, the promised land and into where you remember about the walls of Jericho falling down, well, when they first come to Jericho and they start talking to Rahab, notice what she says about it. She's already heard about what their God is capable of doing. And she recognizes their God is more powerful than my God. And she switches sides to the one true and living God. That's what Rahab does. It comes back to what God is doing right here. His name is going to be declared throughout all the world so that, you know, everyone who lives on the earth will know how great, how powerful God is. God is in control. Egypt's not in control. It doesn't matter how powerful Egypt is. Egypt is not in control. Also, in today's world, it doesn't matter how powerful any one nation or any perhaps group of nations is. God is still more powerful. God is still in control. So what's the purpose? The purpose is to show the strength of God, to show the mighty arm of God, and that his name would be proclaimed throughout the entire world. You know, we even recognize it here in these verses that it's starting to take effect even in the land of Egypt. I mean, look at verses 20 and 21. See, in verses 20, we find out that Pharaoh has some servants who actually feared the Lord's message, and they hurried to bring in their, their servants and, and then their, their livestock as well. So that's kind of interesting that even some of the Egyptians, they're starting to pick up on this. I mean, they've been hit by quite a few plagues already. So, I mean, obviously, they, they start to recognize, hey, when God said he's going to do it, you know, something is going to come. So that doesn't mean that they necessarily are following God. It just means that they are fearing the Lord's message. They're recognizing that what God said was going to happen is actually going to come to happen. And they listen to it and they act accordingly. Now, there's still a little bit more about this plague, so let's keep reading. This time, verses 22 through 26. Then the Lord said to Moses, extend your hand toward the sky that there may be hail in the land of Egypt, on people and on animals and on everything that grows in the field and on the land of Egypt. When Moses extended his, his staff toward the sky, the Lord sent thunder and hail and fire fell from the earth so that the Lord caused hail to rain down on the land of Egypt. Hail fell and fire mingled with hail and hail was so severe that there had not been any like it in all the land of Egypt, since it had become a nation, the hail struck everything in the open fields, both people and animals throughout all the land of Egypt. The hail struck everything that grows in the field, and it broke all the trees of the field to pieces. Only in the land of Goshen, where the Israelites lived, was there no hail. Okay, so now here in these verses, what do we notice? Notice that in verse 23, Moses' staff shows up again. The staff has, has made appearances all throughout here, and now we see that his staff is showing up again. We also find out in verse 26 that God is still making a distinction between the righteous and the unrighteous, his own people, his chosen people, who were living in the land of Goshen. There was no hail there. So now we do see that God is still taking note of them. He is still recognizing 
their hardships, and that's why he's bringing these things uh, upon the Egyptians and only the Egyptians. Let's read how Pharaoh responds to this, though. Verses 27 through 32 now. So Pharaoh sent and summoned Moses and Aaron and said to them, I have sinned this time. The Lord is righteous, and I and my people are guilty. Pray to the Lord for the mighty thunderings and hail are, are too much. I will release you, and you will stay no longer. Moses said to him, When I leave the city, I will spread my hands to the Lord, and thunder will cease, and there will be no more hail, so that you may know that the earth belongs to the Lord. But as for you and your servants, I know that you do not yet fear the Lord God. Now the flax and the barley were struck by the hail, for the barley had ripened, and the flax was in bud, but the wheat and the spelt were not struck, for they are later crops. Okay, so now here in these verses, what do we notice? We notice that Pharaoh, this time he's summoning for Moses and Aaron. He's done this before in verse 27, but he does it again. But notice what he said. He seems several times throughout this that he is pretty repentant. You know, he seems like that, but I don't think that he really is. But he does, he at least acknowledges his sin. Like this time, what he says is, he says, I have sinned this time. But then notice what he says. The Lord is righteous and I and my people are guilty. You know, I made mention of it whenever he started to finally acknowledge that the Lord even existed. Now he has gone so much more than that because he recognizes how great and powerful God is. Now he's not just saying, okay, your God does exist. No, now he's actually saying that your Lord, your God is righteous and I and my people are guilty. He's recognizing that there is this difference and that, that he is not right. Well, now I think that that shows you that, that the plagues and what God is doing, it is working on the heart of Pharaoh starting to get him to recognize this. However, I think that you can say that in verse 30, I don't know um, how Moses knows this, but, but what we find out that Moses is saying to him in verse 30, he says, but as for you and your servants, I know that you do not yet fear the Lord God. Now, I mean, maybe God told him that. Maybe it was just clear that he didn't really care. I, I don't know, because it looks like from the text that he actually is repenting and he's sorry about this sin. Um, maybe he's just wanting these plagues to be done. You know, maybe that's why he's saying that. Whatever the case, Moses says, I know that you do not yet fear the Lord God. So he doesn't really repent. You know, Pharaoh doesn't really repent. He doesn't really uh, care about God yet. What he cares about is he just wants his people to be okay. You know, to, to be able to, uh, life as he knows, just continue on, just as it had before. That's what Pharaoh is wanting. But God has other plans. Let's keep reading. Verses 33 through 35, and with this, we'll, we'll end out this chapter. So Moses left Pharaoh, went out of the city, and spread out his hands to the Lord. And the thunder and the hail ceased, and the rain stopped pouring on the earth. When Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and thunder ceased, he sinned again. Both he and his servants hardened their hearts. So Pharaoh's heart remained hard, and he did not release the Israelites, as the Lord had predicted through Okay, so how do we end and what do we see here at, the, at this chapter? What we find out is, yeah, he's, he's got this thinking that, you know, yeah, he says he sinned and that, you know, the Lord is righteous. He says all these things. You know, he speaks uh, pretty good. But when it comes to actions, it, it, he, doesn't, he doesn't follow through with it. What we see is that uh, what happens there in verse 34, well, 
whenever Pharaoh saw that the problems had, you know, died down, what he did, both he uh, and also his servants, they hardened their hearts. What did they do? They sinned again. They were hardening their hearts. So then we find out, by the way, whenever you notice this, verse 34, verse 35, both times it talks about the hardening of the hearts. So verse 34, both he and his servants hardened their hearts, then turns right around in verse 35 and says, so Pharaoh's heart remained hard. So how do we end with this chapter? Well, we've gone through seven plagues. And what we've seen is Pharaoh's heart, it has remained hard the whole time. We see even Pharaoh's servants, their hearts have, have been hardened and are remaining hardened even up to this point. They're not ready to repent. God is still going to reveal his might. He's still going to reveal uh, his power in the upcoming chapters. And we'll continue to see that. So make sure you check back next week and we will continue on this study. We'll, we'll continue out and keep looking at some of these 10 plagues and what else God is doing in the book of Exodus. So thank you very much for your time and I'll, I'll uh, look forward to next week with you.